three on the way. Good! And Garland spins down the lane and laid it in. This crowd has awakened. Welcome to Fear the Fro, a podcast covering the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA with the voice of Fox Sports Radio. Figure out a way to stop it. Listen and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Here it is, my favorite show. And now, your host. His name is Bob Schmidt. Yeah! Yeah! Welcome to the Fear the Fro podcast, a Cavalier and NBA podcast. The regular season is underway. Started last night, but really for the Cavaliers, started tonight. And we now sit at 0-1, unfortunately. A disappointing loss by the Cavaliers up in Toronto. Who would have thought it, based on the officiating? Falling to the Raptors, 108-105. And over the course of the game, a lot of good points, a lot of great individual performances, but a handful of takeaways from this game. The first... Donovan Mitchell is the real deal. Everything with him is going to go just swimmingly. Now, we lost Darius Garland early in this game. He got poked in the eye towards the end of the first half, only played 13 minutes before exiting the game. But this was, I mean, that might have been a blessing in disguise tonight. I'm speaking specifically to tonight because Darius Garland was having a rough night. Five turnovers in the first half alone, two for eight from the field. And when he left the game, it triggered something in Mitchell because we saw a totally different Mitchell from the first half to the second half. 13 points in the first half, certainly respectable, 6 of 11, pretty efficient, but he did much more in the second half. He poured in 18 points, but he started distributing. He had to handle the ball a lot more. Finished the game with 31 points and 9 assists, but I think the things you take away from it were that he really looked extremely comfortable with guys who were all basically new teammates when he was forced into the role of primary creator. And I do think a nod has to go to Levert. Levert was leading the team in the first half in assists, had five assists in the first half, was doing an excellent job distributing. Now, when we lost Darius, I thought he struggled slightly more in the second half. But overall, coming out of this game, the small forwards outside of Okoro all had moments where they looked very good. Levert, very strong first half. Dean Wade, very strong third quarter, end of the third quarter specifically. And then Chetty Osman, that first half, good God, 13 points. He was tied for the team lead, made three three pointers, drove to the basket, dove the lane. Levert found him on a nice little crash to the glass. He was showcasing all the moves, putting the ball on the floor, going to the rim, shooting from outside. And his minutes with Love and with Levert were very productive minutes. Mitchell, excellent job distributing, as we said. I thought Evan Mobley had a quiet night. I mean, a lot of that is based on expectations. But the story of this game was Donovan Mitchell in the second half, Jared Allen throughout the whole game, consistent pressure on the rim, consistent crashing the glass, and things didn't go his way. He did not get the respect that an all-star center you would expect to get. He was getting mugged much of the fourth quarter. The Cavaliers in general, the Raptors are a good team. I don't want to turn this into a podcast where I complain about officiating. There was a free throw disparity. The Cavaliers only went to the line 23 times tonight, as opposed to the Raptors who got there 32 times. And uh, that was the difference essentially, because in the fourth quarter, the Cavaliers could not get those whistles when they needed them. And despite nearly 
pulling off the comeback after... Now, they left the third quarter with an eight-point lead. And they were outscored in the fourth quarter, ended up losing the game. But there was a moment where, despite the huge run that the Raptors went on in the fourth, during that time period where Barnes was just finding three-point shooters who knocked down their looks. And that cut the lead pretty quick. They tied it up. It stayed pretty close. But in the end, even with a Barnes travel and a key possession, and then with Siakam fouling out when he fouled Donovan Mitchell, we could not close it. We just couldn't finish it. We ended up sending them to the line. They made a free throw, put them up by three, had basically no time left to get the ball in and get a shot up, and did not get anywhere near the rim. So at the end, we're 0-1. The scoreboard says that we didn't do enough that game, but you had to feel pretty good that in the third quarter, At one point, after losing Garland and finding out that he was done for the night, the Cavaliers managed to extend the lead to eight points without their all-star point guard, and you saw an excellent showing from Donovan Mitchell, especially in that third quarter, and Dean Wade knocked down some key looks during the course of that game. And I thought Love, in the second quarter, I thought he had a relatively minimal impact on the second half, but his first half was very solid. The game was starting to get a little sloppy. The pace was getting a little too fast. And then he comes into the game, immediately gets an and one. Pump fakes, gets his guy in the air, makes the bucket, then goes to the foul line. And that was big because it's those veteran moments where he just makes his his impact known by being a steadying presence that gets the guys to calm down, play more deliberate, play less sloppy because this was a team that the Raptors, just in the first half, had nine steals. Nine steals in the first half. That's a ridiculous amount for a game, let alone a half. And they finished with 14 steals. They had more steals than they had turnovers. I thought defensively, we were very good around the rim. The pressure was just relentless. Siakam, very high usage tonight, very aggressive. 23 points, 11 rebounds before he fouled out. Four steals just on his own. Now, Fred Van Fleet, he was quiet. But he was efficient. 15 points, 5 assists, 4 steals. Only took 9 shots tonight. And in the second half, when they needed them, OG Ananobi and Gary Trent knocked down some big looks. Trent finished the game with 4 made 3-pointers. And OG Ananobi, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Very even contributions from him. Very even contributions, just in general, from the whole Raptors squad. I mean, you had 6 guys in double digits. The starting lineup gave you... 18 from Ananobi, 15 from Barnes, 23 from Siakam, 19 from Trent Jr., and 15 from Fred. And then Achua chipped in a 10-piece on his own off the bench. Their bench, not very deep. Their starters obviously carried the load. I was pretty pleased with the Cavalier bench in this game. What we got from Osman was unexpected. 13 points in the first quarter, just four in the second half. But Okora was a no-show. Four fouls. Zero points, zero steals, zero blocks, zero rebounds, zero assists. And he looked a bit overwhelmed from the jump. I thought that they pressured the ball pretty heavily, regardless of who had it. Levert and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are clearly comfortable handling the ball even with pressure. Okoro looked too dependent on going to his right hand, and they were playing him that way. And you saw early in the first half, Fred just kept pressuring him on that right hand, and he knocked the ball away in a coro dough, but Fred got it, got to the rim, easy bucket. 
watching how he handled that possession, it was just a feeling that this was not his game. And I think the coaching staff recognized that because it, it was shortly after that that we saw them ride the hot hand, which was Osman, who played nearly 28 minutes. He was outside of our, our core group of Mitchell, Mobley, Allen, and Levert. Osman logged the most minutes of the night, and justifiably so, because I thought he was very good. It will be interesting to see how the rotations evolve from here. You can't assume game to game it's going to be exactly the same. Next up, we get to play the Chicago Bulls, who are another team with a lot of long, rangy defenders. Levine missing the first game for the Bulls. He will likely be back for the second game, but that will be an interesting team. Another look at Andre Drummond, who signed there. And a team that, much like us, started off last season on a tear and kind of waned a bit as time went on. Now, Vegas predicts that they'll finish much worse than they did last year in terms of wins. 41.5 wins is the over-under for them as as compared to our 47.5 wins. So Vegas thinks we're the better team. I agree. I think we're the better team. But we could be shorthanded. Darius Garland may be out. I feel pretty good about what we got from Levert. 10 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, and he only had one turnover. He had a little more trouble in the second half. There is a distinct chemistry. He had Jared Allen specifically in the first half. I thought he was very good at looking for our bigs, Mobley and Allen, and taking advantage of when guys played off of him. Now, we need to, despite the loss, I don't feel like there's a lot to nitpick on this one. I thought our bigs were very aggressive on the glass. I think Toronto is just a very long, very active, very good team. And it felt a little bit like watching the Seahawks back when Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom was there. They just forced the action. Consistent ball pressure, make the refs call it, and the refs did not call it. They can't call all of them. I mean, they fouled out Siakam. It still didn't matter. We just didn't get the whistles when we needed to. There was a couple of offensive rebounds where Allen just got mugged, raked across the arms, and they let him play. One in the first half, where Love pulled down a rebound and Barnes came up behind him and just slapped his arm. No whistle, gathered the loose ball, hit a three, right in his face. That was killer. And those were the possessions that ended up being the difference in the long run, because they chiseled away at that eight-point lead until about the middle of the fourth, and from there... It felt like they were in the driver's seat. And despite only losing by three, it took some luck at the end there with Barnes picking up his pivot foot and traveling. And then, of course, Siakam fouling out, sent Mitchell to the line, and it made it look like it might be doable, but it would take trading fouls. And Trent missed one of the two free throws that gave us a chance to only be down three, but it just wasn't enough. It was asking for a lot because they smartly, very smartly, fouled Levert sent him to the line so that we couldn't get the three-point look. I knew it was going to be tough when I was seeing that inbound play develop at the end because down three, everybody knew who we were going to try to get the ball to. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, and they doubled him on the inbound, and we had to throw it ahead. And then next thing you know, Levert is the guy who has the ball at half court. Not exactly a dead-eye three-point shooter to begin with, but he gave them enough time to foul him, and that was all she wrote. So takeaways. As I said, I didn't love the officiating, but I don't want to dwell on that because there's just going to be games. There's going to be plenty of possessions. I'm sure they felt that way when Mobley hit Fred in the face. And I I know they disputed the Siakam sixth foul. He seemed upset, but that was an obvious foul. But 
there will be games. You just you can't get every call. It's just not going to happen. We didn't have the refs on our side on this one, but I think you can go away from that feeling pretty good because there's not many defensive teams much better than the Raptors out there. And even without Garland in the lineup, Mitchell was able to carve them up. I mean, he got to where he wanted to get to. He made some incredible plays, found some incredible lanes to get guys the ball. And we didn't have a bad night shooting the three. 10 for 28, 36%. That's respectable. After the first half, we were looking very bad in terms of our you know, field goal percentage. We were hovering around 36%. We finished the game close to 50%. So a markedly better improvement in the second half. But unfortunately, we just couldn't overcome our inability to corral some rebounds in the fourth and some big possessions from them, some big three-pointers in the second half from the Raptors. So I feel good as far as where the Cavs stack up against that team in general, but credit should be paid to Scotty Barnes because he was very good about finding ways to contribute. Watching his pace versus Siakam, Siakam, he's got his nose down, he's going to the rim. Yes, he can pass because he's tall, he can see over people, but he's not a very willing passer. And I didn't think he played a particularly good first half. In fact, I think all four of his turnovers came in the first half. Now, the second half, he did enough. He pushed him over the finish line before he fouled out. But Barnes made a couple big plays in that fourth where he found Ananobi, where he found Trent Jr. And those threes took that eight-point lead where I was breathing easy. I was already starting to get my thoughts together for how I wanted to react to the game in the aftermath. And next thing you know, it was tied up at 90. And I was wondering what the hell happened. So Mitchell was aggressive. And there was a possession in the first quarter where he ended up switched onto Siakam. And Siakam tried to take him from the elbow into the paint. And Mitchell moved with him, anticipated great, ended up forcing Siakam to throw the ball out of bounds on a kick out to three when he eventually gave up on trying to ISO Mitchell. And Mitchell made a couple other good plays in transition to break up some fast breaks. I was very pleased with his defense. When we lost Garland, I think perhaps we improved defensively because then you got to see a lot of minutes with Osman out there alongside Levert and Mitchell, a little more size, a little more length, and an excellent showing in general from Osman. And it's funny to think about him being sort of the odd man out here because he's one of those guys who's on the final year of a deal and he makes eight to nine million, which is not a lot of money, but it's certainly not nothing. And it's one of those deals it kind of can help balance trades. I think many of us expected he might be moved in a situation where we made a trade with Utah, but he wasn't. He stayed here. And I think he showed that there's one thing that Osmond has that consistently manifests when we put him on the court, and that's his motor. He, he's always looking to push the pace. He's always looking to put the ball down and go to the rim. And we needed that tonight because it was that kind of aggression that created some Easy looks for him and some easy looks for the bigs that let us go on a nice little tear there at the beginning of the third and at the end of the second quarter where he got hot and knocked down some of those corner threes. And that double bounce off the top of the backboard was amazing. One of those plays that worked out with a great result. But I felt perfectly comfortable with him taking those corner threes because he came in hot with the type of energy we needed because it just was not Darius Garland's night in the first half. Now. A lot of these games are ongoing right now, but there are some shocking scores around the league. The Pelicans just taking it 
to Brooklyn. And I've been seeing stuff. Now, I got to go back and watch this game because I was watching the Cavs game. But I've been seeing a lot of talk about how bad Kyrie Irving was. 0 for 6 from 3. 6 for 19 overall. And Ben Simmons, 23 minutes, 6 fouls, 4 points, 3 turnovers. So he's, he's pulling the triple single numbers that oftentimes get thrown at Draymond Green. Not a great night for him. Did not make a single free throw. Not taking an outside shot, turning the ball over a few times, and just a foul machine. So despite KD having a KD-like night, where he dropped in 32 points, you look at the other side of the ledger, and these this Pelicans box score is impressive. Ingram and Williamson both scored over 25 points. Murphy. Now, he had, this is a guy, I think, there was a preseason game I watched of the Pelicans, where the second-year guard out of Virginia, Trey Murphy, he hit seven three-pointers. Tonight, played 24 minutes off the bench, and this stat line's impressive. 16 points, nine rebounds, four for six from outside. Perhaps he's ready to take a step forward. And our boy, Larry Nance, with a near double-double, eight points and nine rebounds. But I'm not just going to read box scores. I'm going to watch a lot of these games, and I'll do another podcast where I react to some of the early developments in the NBA. But the other thing of note to point out is that Utah, a team most people expected to just be atrocious, a surprising result there as they are pouring it on the Denver Nuggets as I speak at this moment. Markkanen, 15 points right now, and Colin Sexton, 14 points. But here's the surprising part, playing off the bench. He may finish the game around 25 minutes or so, but they rolled out a starting lineup of Conley, Jordan Clarkson in the backcourt, and Vanderbilt, Markkanen, and Olenek in the frontcourt. So. Not certainly what I expected. Don't know if it's just a matchup-dependent thing because they're taking on the Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, and Gordon, but we'll see in Game 2, I suppose. And on the ESPN game here in the background, Dallas has got a 20-point lead on the Suns, and it's not even halftime yet. So I'm excited to see how this plays. I'm going to cut this podcast short. I will be back with a more league-centric one for Game 1 for the Cavs. Not the end result you want, but certainly very encouraging if you were wondering how Donovan Mitchell is going to fit with the squad. Thank you to everybody, all the Cavalier fans who have sought this podcast out, who have stuck with it, who download it, who listen to it, and all the people who have rated it and left kind words on Apple Podcasts. It's very nice to read those, and it's I don't take it for granted. I appreciate it. I know there's a lot of options. There are some excellent Cavalier podcasts out there, but I thank you for joining me for the Fear the Fro podcast, and I will be back with another episode Rate, subscribe, like, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Bob Schmidt. This is Fear the Fro. This has been Fear the Fro. If you like the show, subscribe and rate wherever you listen. Our guy, Bob Schmidt, always gets a reaction out of it. Join us next time for more Cavs and NBA coverage.